Uh, okay, so in Romans chapter 5, it's my, uh, I'm going to try to do the whole chapter and not so much um, because it's not a lot of content. I think I got a ton of content. It's because I think it flows together as one chapter. It's kind of the idea. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge that you know, without, apart from you, we can do nothing. Jesus said so. And so, Father, we lean heavy on the Holy Spirit to be our guide and our teacher, to keep us studious and alert, and to help me say the things that you once said, that best glorify your Son. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Uh, therefore, now let me just say, before I even jump in, Paul is addressing questions that would arise from his teaching thus far. I do that all the time. Why? Because I have these ongoing debates with people. You know, uh, oh, I heard you're a pastor. They want to take on the pastor, you know. Well, what about, and I've had probably all the discussions that can be discussed at this point. I Rarely do people come up with new stuff, all right? And so I've, I've had the, or, or, you, have you done this? Uh, I got to go home and I got to tell my wife that I have to work Saturday. But we got Bill and, uh, and, and Joan's wedding. I don't know Bill or Joan. I'm just his name, so I, uh, we got Bill and Joan's wedding. And I'm going to say, yeah, honey, but they depend on me, blah, blah, blah. And then I know her, so I know she's going to say, and so I have all my, we're not arguing, right? But I have all my talking points in a row. You do that. You have these discussions before, because you know how thick something's going to go, and you know how, when I say this, somebody's going to say this. You, right? And by the way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss Bill and Joan's wedding for the world. I just, I just, stupid example, okay? Because I got my priorities straight, right? Uh, said that, having said that, you know what I mean. When you have a discussion or you've said something, you know what the objections are going to be or you're presupposing, well, this isn't, this isn't Paul's first big rodeo. He's been teaching this for a long time and he's been talking with Pharisees and Sadducees. He used to be a Pharisee. He's, he was probably in the Sanhedrin. I'm sure of it in my own thinking. And when he's presenting this material, there's Jews all over the empire and all the big cities. You know, uh, he went up to Damascus. There's a big Jewish community in Damascus in his time. You think someone says, hey, what's going on here? They know who he is. And they've had these discussions. And he's this is ground that he's covered before. So he's either pre anticipating that this is what's going to be said, or it's a debate that he's already had. What is the debate? Basically, two questions. Maybe I'm not so cool with God because, is, it, is this salvation? Uh, I just got a bad report from the doctor. I just lost my job. My spouse is talking about leaving me since I became a Christian. And this is what, it, this is eternal life. This is God with me. This is peace with God. You've, you've heard this objection in similar fashion. Maybe you've had those questions yourself. Paul uh, will address that. The next question, okay, 
Let's do the math. One guy dying for the sins of the whole world. That's lousy math. How about one death for one life? How about that? And he's going to address that. Okay? So this is where Paul begins to really flesh out, give like three dimensions, put put some flesh on the skeleton of uh, salvation by righteousness, by faith. Have you asked the question, okay, I'm saved. Why do I still have an inclination to do wrong things? My heart's toward Jesus Christ. I love Jesus with my whole heart. Why am I still, why is it so hard to overcome this temptation of the flesh? Why is that? It's Romans chapter 6. And it finds its kind of culmination in Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 8 is glorious, by the way. We'll get there. I'll be several weeks on Romans chapter 8. If God has made me a promise, and I'm supposed to trust in his promises of eternal life, what about Israel? Chapters 9, 10, and 11. Amazing to me that there are still people, the majority of Christian Christendom, whether they be true Christians or not true Christians, we'll let God judge that, okay? But the majority of Christendom believes in replacement theology. God's done with Israel. Now, if it was an obscure corner of Habakkuk or Amos or something, I'd give, give you the benefit of the doubt. Three chapters in the glorious epistle of Romans. You've got no excuse to not know better. But anyway, those questions arise. Okay, so I'm saved. I am absolutely saved. God loves me. He's redeemed me. Now what? The rest of the book, to wit, how about, you know, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. You know, we're called to, you know, lay down lives as a living sacrifice. And on and on it goes. So he's going to, like I say, he starts fleshing out. He starts giving dimensionality to salvation. So therefore, of chapter 5, verse 1, is therefore because of we're justified by faith. Therefore, being justified by faith, again, let's go re review, just as if I'd never sinned, pure as the driven snow. What have you got on your heavenly account? What's the list of sins? There is none. There's no record of you having broken down anywhere ever. Remember that story, that uh, silly story we, we looked at. You're justified. How? By faith. Therefore, being justified faith, we have, uh, by, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Great. Big deal, he said. Oh, my goodness, it's a very big deal. You were at war with God. You were at enmity. We were on the outs. Me and God weren't speaking on speaking terms. I was an object of wrath. When I was going to stand before him, I was in a heap of trouble. We were despicable. We were bound for hell. We were, and, and now, um, not. Oh, it's a big, big, big deal. It's huge. It's huge, you know, I can even, I can say. We have peace with God. God and us, we're the same team. I've heard people talk about the brotherhood of man. Yeah, we're all equally damned. 
and like men are our brothers. I understand that. I, I understand that. I know what you're getting at. I know what you're saying. Yeah, there's, there's something to that. Oh, we're all children of God. Now nah, you've taken a step too far. Where do you, what, what verse are you looking at? How do you, how do you, how do you think that's the case? We're all objects of wrath, except for us now. Uh, why? Uh, people say, are you better? And the old bumper sticker, Christians on purpose, just forgive it, is absolutely quaint, it's, it's trite, but it's true. Nobody's saying, uh, holier than thou. We're saying, I have peace with God. Why? Because, because among many, many verses, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Boy, a lot of a lot of stuff here. We have access. We have FaceTime with God. Uh, do you know a famous person? I know the I know the president. He doesn't know me. No matter what president we're talking about, at what time, I've known them all. Some of them I voted for, some of them I voted against. You can probably figure out most of those votes. Uh, I'm kind of out there enough that you kind of know how I stand, how I feel about things. I don't have access to the president. I would like access to the president. I would tell him some things. Let's leave it at that. I don't have access. But I have access, FaceTime, to the sovereign of the universe. I know him. It's not a Theoretical, theological. Yes, I. Uh, yes, I, I. I suppose. I suppose there could be a. Yes, it's a very. Uh, I like to think that there is uh, someone out there who's control. No, 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 no. I know him, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's not hypothetical to me. He's not some theory. More importantly, he knows me. We got something going. We got something cooking. We have this. I don't know a word better than relationship. We have access. How does that work? By faith. Uh, you mean we access, access him by faith? Or the faith that we had that got us in to salvation, that faith. Faith. Yeah, I don't know that we need to define it any more than that. We have access by faith. Because um, faith, once you have this faith walk going, right? Once you get saved by faith, what happens next? Faith. It's a faith walk. We walk by faith. Now, I hardly have to show you any verses that say that. There's a plethora of them. And it's into this grace wherein we stand. We stand in grace. What's grace? God's riches at Christ's expense. God's not mad at us. We're not in a, we're a heap of trouble. God's not getting us. He got Jesus Christ. Now he wants to bless us. Give us, he, he says, give me something, anything that I can work with. You know, I, I, I know what it is because I'm a dad. Uh, imagine you're bringing home something for your uh, son and you want to bless him. You know, he likes this and you, you specifically bought him and because a new one came out of whatever it is, he's all excited. And you're really excited to give it to him and you run into mom who says, no, no. Dad, good idea, not today. Uh, little Willie or little Johnny or whoever little boy would come, he, no. He's had a, he's had a bad day. He's been disrupted, uh, disruptive. He's been a, a, a force for evil, not a force for good in our house. 
uh, I don't think it's a good idea. And of course, you listen to mom and, oh, the frustration. The, you want to bless them. You love them. You love your children. You want to bless them. You want to do that. And sometimes they're living in such and such a way that, you know, sometimes it's so, so bad. Sometimes you have to leave my house. I'm not talking about a five-year-old. I'm talking about an 18 or 19-year-old who's maybe he's selling drugs out of your basement. Maybe he's accessing uh, pornography on the internet. Maybe, maybe, no, 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 no. You're not using my internet for that. No, you have to leave. You have to get out. You know how it is. Uh, some of us know how it is. That when, when a child goes in such and such a way, I want to bless you. I want to give you all the good things that I have for you in my heart. I can't. Uh, and God's saying, give me something I can, I want to bless you. I want to give you. I want to, I want to pour out blessing on you. Uh, not because you deserve it. We don't deserve it. We ill-deserve it. We deserve damnation. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us good things. And this grace gives us the ability to stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. God's glory that we're going to see it someday? I think so. I think it's much more than that. Glorification is a process. You're going to be glorified. You're going to be in a... And we'll run into that in the book of Romans. Your salvation has three parts. Sanctification. I mean, uh, justification, sanctification, glorification. Justification, just as if you never sinned. Sanctification, your power over sin in your life. One of the most important lessons we're going to have, Romans chapter 6. How do I overcome? This is uh, siren call to sin. And I'm only human. How do I get rid of that? How do I defeat that? Well, he's got some really solid teaching on that. And then finally, Glorification. You look at it like past, present, and future, and it kind of fits in that category. Well, we hope in the glory of God, in our glorification, we're going to stand before God, and we're going to be removed from... See, um, sanctification removes us from the penalty of sin. We're not in the penalty box eternally. Uh, did I say sanctification? <laughs> Justification removes us from the penalty of sin. Sanctification removes... Us from the power of sin in our lives. That's the here and now. I got to know that because otherwise I'm not going to live Christian, uh, my Christian life very successfully. And glorification will remove from the very presence of sin. There's no temptation in heaven. Okay? You're in heaven. Sister in Christ walks by and you think, wow, that's. No, no. I think eternally you're going to be tempted with, seduced with thoughts of. No, no. Wow, I like his crowns, man. If he just lays one down for a second, I'm going to know you. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, and not only so, not only this, but we glory in tribulation. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Let's slow down. I got all this, and this is all trending really good. Now we glory in tribulation. We boast in, glory in, we brag about tribulations. See, Adam, I told you the church is going through the tribulation. Not so. Don't take this one little uh, verse here and make a whole big doctrine on it. Tribulation just means troubles. Bound comes in trouble in your life. Rich Mullins the prophet saying so. We know that has to be right. Bound comes in trouble in your life. Ain't nothing to be afraid of. Uh, um, yeah, it just means trouble. Philipsis is the Greek word. And, it, and it's, it is the same word for the great tribulation. 
But the word great makes it a little bit of a difference here, okay? We're not, we're not, we don't, we don't glory in the great tribulation. Okay, nobody's going to glory in that. We glory in tribulation. What do you mean? Troubles. You mean brag about them? That's what it's saying. Adam, are you there yet? Uh, not as much as I'd like to be. But I have known tribulation, and you know tribulation. See, this isn't just a pastor goes through. I mean, everyone, everyone does. Why? Because we have an adversary. You say, yeah, but we have a God. And here, God and Satan are, I don't want to say allies. God allows Satan some stuff in our lives because it's going to be to further us. Satan's trying to torture us, and God's saying, no, this is going to work out for their better, betterment. Think of Job. God and Job having a conversation. Uh, hey, where you been, Satan? I went up and down the world, uh, you know, going to and fro. A flippant answer at best, if you ask me. God says, have you checked out Job? He's perfect. God's in... Job, Job never read Job chapter 1, Job chapter 2. He doesn't know the heavenly interview that's going on. Because I'm betting Job could be saying, God, <laughs> you know, like, don't be telling them about me, you know. Uh, oh yeah, does he serve you for nothing? What he's accusing them is, you've blessed them, you're a sugar daddy, you've given them all the stuff, of course he's going to praise you. You're bribing them. God says, well, take all the stuff away then. You think that's the, the case? Well, why would God do that? Why would God do that? Because the, the benefit to all mankind is chronicled in a book that we've all leaned on at one time or another. Um, did it work out for Job's benefit? Yeah. Not while he was going through it, not so much. But boy, the things that we can mine from the book of Job. But you don't have, your, your experience doesn't have to be Job-like. Funny to me, I was, uh, just came here, I was sitting down, I was typing up and getting ready for it to do my, my sister-in-law's funeral. Susan's sister, she passed away, I was getting ready to do a funeral. And I got the news that my mom had died. Double double whammy, like, wow, I was kind of feeling, you know how you are when you're doing a feeling, you're all somber and reflective, and uh, that's when I got the news that my mom passed away. And then Carl called and said about another member who, another person we knew that had died, and I thought, like, oh my goodness, I turned off the spigot, I can't take anymore, this is, this is, this is Jobian, this is, this is crazy stuff happening. That's how it happens sometimes. Uh, but we glory in these tribulations also. Why is that? We glory in the fact that someday we're going to be in heaven with, with God and we're going to be beyond the place of temptation. We, we celebrate that. We brag about that. But we also glory in tribulations. Why? Because we know that tribulation works patience. And I don't want patience. Say. It, the ability to stand up under. Don't think of it as patient like, you know, you're waiting for your toaster emerge from the toaster, you know, it's, 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 it makes you tough, it makes you resilient, it makes you rugged, spiritually. That's what tri tribulations, trials do. 
They work patient, and patience, experience, and experience hope. Like, you know you ever see someone who's just new in the faith and something goes sideways? Invariably, it does. Why? All that would with God in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, which is a form of tribulation. Uh, but what do you know? Hey, this ain't my first big rodeo. I've been down this road before. Let's just calm down, breathe. Let's consult heaven. Let's get heaven's perspective. Let's call God in on this. Let's have him help us out. And this is the experience. Every time something goes sideways in our life, we run around like Henny Penny. The sky is falling. Oh, it's the end of everything as we know it. Well, there's a place for that when you're new, and kids do that. Kids, I say, who are new to the faith, not because you can be very adult and, and still have this propensity. But if you've been through before, you know who God is. It's just like, yeah, we get through this. We always have, we always do. We're going to dry up and blow away. We'll be here tomorrow. That's one of the reasons. Tribulation, trials, testing, make us more like Jesus Christ. The fellowship of his suffering. But we won't go there now. Because i got a lot of verses and I'm going to make a good head and faith. Hope, make us not ashamed. You're never going to be shamefaced for having hope in God. Those who don't will be. Ah, well, I didn't believe. Yeah, you didn't. Now what? Eternally shamefaced. You? No. Hope maketh not ashamed. Why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. This is huge. This is a game changer. I think when I first started realizing that something dramatic had happened in my life is when I started caring about people I didn't care about. When I started <coughs> concerning myself with people who I used to hope would die and go to hell. Literally. I've never said that. I might have said this since I was a Christian. But I sure didn't mean it. I don't even know if I've said it. But I used to tell people go to hell and mean it. I don't care about you. Go to hell. Imagine, imagine wishing that on somebody. I did. But now all of a sudden, ah, don't, ah, you're making a disastrous choice and people I used to not care about. All of a sudden I care about desperately now. How did that happen? Why are you such a wonderful person? Maybe, probably not. The probability is that the, the love of God was shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit that was given unto me. I was infected with this love, the love that God has for people, quite independent of my activities. I didn't sign up for that. I used to not care, and all of a sudden I care a lot. What happened? God. Listen, don't overlook this. The greatest, in my thinking, the, more, the most objective, how I know I'm a Christian more than any other reason is the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit given unto us. It's not plastic, it's real. It's not, it's not fake. I don't act like I'm a good person, like I love everybody. I don't, I don't, it's not a facade. The for real, Adam Kasterdeck, my heart of hearts, loves people. 
Who did that? I was never like that. I remember, I didn't care about people. I cared about me. My whole life was right here. It was, I was the center of my universe. I was all in focus. Everyone else was blurry in the distance. And the only reason I like people around me is people who could benefit me. If that shocks you, sorry. I was a very selfish idiot. And all of a sudden, my horizons are beyond. I care about people. How did that happen? God. Oh, man. Good or bad? Well, there's times I wish I didn't care so much. I wish, I would, listen, pain hurts a whole lot when you see people who you love go in the wrong direction. You know what the end of that's going to look like. Pain hurts. I wish you could shut down the pain. I mean, I really wish I could shut down the pain. So turn it off. I don't care about them. That doesn't work. You do care about them. So what do you do? You pray. You pray. You cry, you pray. If I had anything better for you, I'd tell you, okay? That's that's my thing. That's how I that's how I roll with this. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Is that important? Yeah. So the case is look, I'm not exactly sure God loves me. I'm going through this really hard time here. I'm in this tribulation. It, uh, before I was saved, I was fat, dumb, and happy. Everything was going, breaking my way. Everything was good. Now I'm saved, and now my life's going sideways. What's up with this? Are you sure God loves me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He loved you when you were his enemy. Now we have peace with him. Now he doesn't love you. That's the argument here. It's a really good argument if you think it all the way through. There are some people who are working hard to maintain God's love. Well, please God, live a life that's blessable. But after you've gone to church and tithed and prayed and read your Bible through and all those and witnessed to everybody, do you realize you're going to add anything to your salvation whatsoever? Nothing. And when you get hold of that and you just relax, God's got this. It's a wonderful place to be. Whether you get that bad report from the doctor or whether your relationships are going, they're all in the ditch upside down, no matter what goes on, listen, the one thing I know, bad things have happened in my life and God still loves me. This is what we're talking about. When I was anti-God, on myself, there can't be a God. Look at all the suffering in the world. I was shaking my angry fist. He loved me. He saved me when I was a punk. Now I'm his own beloved son, and now he's all mad at me. Really? What's the thought process here? That doesn't sound so satanic. But we do it. We fall into that trap. We fall into that trap because we, you know, one of the problems, I understand this, and I'm feeling you on this. I understand this. We've never known love like this. I'm a selfish jerk, and I yell at my wife, and I treat her really poorly. And suddenly, she's not as lovey-dovey as she used to be. Perhaps. just That never happened in either direction. I'm just giving you an example, okay? Right? We, we, we love people, and they're lovable. They treat us good, we treat them good. There's a kind of a quid pro quo, unspoken. If every time I saw you, I called your name, and just disregarded you. Every time you put your hand out for me to shake, I just went, huh, how long would it take you to, one, find another church, two, not put your hand out anymore? 
right? Our love is kind of, it's, it's, it's like we do good, people do good to us. It's kind of like a, a give and a take, right? And by the marriage, by the way, marriage is not give and take, it's give and give. You give 100%. All that was, oh, marriage is 50 50. <laughs> That's bad math for marriage. <laughs> it's 100%, right? And here we have love that is totally unqualified. I love you. Um, Lord, let me point out something. You shouldn't. Why? The rabbis say he loves us because he loves us. Thanks. I don't know how helpful that is, but uh, uh, it's true. And I was a rebel against him, and he loved me. And now I'm his own dear son. He loves me less. Wait, what? What's the thought process here? People t will tell you that. And you have got to do a certain thing to maintain. Um, when we were out, were out strength, we were helpless in due time. When the time came, Christ died for the righteous people like us. And godly. It's right here. You can argue with scripture if you want. I'm going to keep moving though. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet for a bench, for a good man, some would even dare to die. Well, we call them heroes. They put their life in harm's way to save others. God bless them. Anyone who's ever picked up a weapon and defended our country? God bless them. Firefighters, police, people who put the, uh, during the pandemic, first responders. You know, they're telling me they're not heroic. And we see those, you know, heroes wear smocks and, amen, amen. I'm, okay. I'm good with that. People who put their life at risk for other people. Sometimes you lose you it. Any of you guys read The Tale of Two Cities? Okay, Dickens. It's the best of times, it was the worst of times. The two cities of London and Paris. And Paris is during the revolution where people are losing their head literally. And that it's a far, far better thing I've done than I've ever done before. It's a doppelganger for the guy who's headed to the guillotine. Well, he, the, the hero of the story, puts himself in harm's way and, and they free up that other guy and so he gets his head cut off for the other guy. So people do die on behalf of other people, sometimes. You you know that, if you're a parent, you know what that's about. You would you would gladly lay down your life for your children. You do. You do. I wouldn't die for an idiot. Jesus would and did. Can I give you an example? Ta-da! I would die for a wicked man so he could go on being wicked. Jesus does. Jesus did. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yeah, peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But, but, God, I don't like commendment. God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That was a good place for an amen. Much more than, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. The stuff that's going on in your life isn't God hating you. Is God maybe toughening you up? Maybe God allowing some stuff in your life. It's not God hating. It's God loving. 
It doesn't look like it. It's, a, it's non-intuitive. You've got to figure some stuff out. But figure this out. You were his enemy. You ha he hated you. I mean, you hated him. I mean, he didn't hate you. He loved you even when you hated him. Now that we're justified by his blood, and we are, we shall be saved from wrath through him. And by the way, when we talk about wrath, are we talking about eschatological wrath? Or are we talking about just, you know, regular, everyday, normal, uh, you know, soteriological wrath. You say, what are you talking about? Soteriological, having to do with salvation. Eschatological, having to do with end times things. I'm asking, are we going through the tribulation? We're not going through the tribulation. Listen, we're saved from God's wrath. Period. And you can carve it up into little groups because I know the majority of Christendom, again, thinks that the church is going through the tribulation. I would say the majority of the church is wrong. But I don't have a problem saying that most of the time about a lot of things. As you know, Okay, uh, watch my uh, uh, teaching tonight on the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalm 52, I think it's about the Antichrist. And Psalm 53, 54, and 55 about his reign, what some of the things that are happening during the, what I call the time of Jacob's troubles. Uh, but the Bible calls that, okay, I'd say, I shouldn't make it sound like I coined that phrase. What do we say from? We say from the wrath of God. The everyday vanilla flavored wrath? Yeah. What's going through you is not God's wrath. You say, Adam, I, I was bad. Me and God were behind the woodshed. And he straightened me out and let me know a few things. We call that love. If God didn't love you, that wouldn't happen. He wouldn't have had you out behind the woodshed. We don't spank other people's children. Me and Sue's do. It's a ministry that in case you have a problem. We don't really. We don't really. We have grandchildren. Have we spanked them uh, zero times? Number zero and counting. And uh, at 15, that <laughs> forget about it, okay? Never have, okay? I'm not saying they weren't in the timeout chair. Not, we never spanked them. We don't spank other people's children. We don't have, that's called like crazy. You call the cops on people who do that, right? It's crazy stuff. God doesn't spank other people's children. He spanks his own. But it's called love, okay? Don't get it confused. So we're not going through things. Dismiss that idea. You're going through hard times. One is a fallen world. Two, this we have an adversary. Three, God's letting stuff happen to us for whatever reason that I don't know. Okay, uh, people come up to me, Adam. Why does that? stop? Don't finish that sentence. Why and God? I, that's above my pay grade. I mean, really. I'll pray with you, and I will. But answer why God, no, no. Except these, I would offer these verses, sometimes this is what's going on here, right? God's doing a thing in our lives. He's given us that experience, that patience, that experience, that hope. Hope's a good thing. You can't live without hope. Can you pray disparaging, despairing prayers, I mean, can you? I don't think so. And I don't think you should, if you could. Well, let's keep going. God demonstrates his love to us and that while we had sinners, Christ died for us much more than being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For it, when we were enemies, this is, this is, this is so ironclad, the, the, the theology and the thought process. For if when we were, we were his enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. And that's how it worked out for every one of us. Much more than being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. 
So when things are wrong, God's getting me. I'm telling you, no, he got Jesus on your behalf. That's how it works. We were, we were reconciled to God when we were enemies by the death of his son. Now that we're reconciled, we're saved by his life. And not only so, you mean there's more? Yeah, not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. The reconciliation is probably better there. Because atonement gives you, make it sound like very Old Testament, like, you know, uh, you, you took a goat to the high priest, he killed it, and now you're all cool. In a way, that's true, but I don't, want, I don't even think in terms of that, because it was, the, the blood of Jesus Christ is a permanent thing. The, the, that, that was a temporary solution in a time when, what happens when you sin again? Another goat, another lamb, another dove, ox, whatever, bull, another sacrifice, another atonement, so to speak. But we, we celebrate, we, we, we joy in God through Jesus Christ. Why? Because me and God, we're, we're father and son now. We used to not be. I was enemy. Now I have peace. I was far off. Now I get FaceTime. I had wrath coming my way. Now I have grace. Listen, it's all here. It's all here. It's crystal, it's, it's crystal clear. It's crisp in its presentation. It's, it, it, you, you have no argument at the end of it. Yeah, but. There's no yeah, but. This, it, it's right here, it's straightforward. Now, the second part. Well, uh, um, I'm in traffic court, and you're in traffic court, and uh, you get a parking ticket, but you don't have the wherewithal to pay. So I say to the judge, I say, I got this, I got this. And I write out a check, and he doesn't care whose name's on the check. The parking ticket was paid for, and you go free. You're welcome. Now, everyone's parking ticket, the whole wide world, with that one check, should be dissolved immediately. Please, Adam, it doesn't work that way. So, isn't it like one death, one person? It doesn't it, shouldn't it work that way? Right? I'm back to the tale of two cities. One guy died, one guy got saved. You get it? Right? Um... Just like you bring to the Old Testament, you, you bring that sacrifice up to the priest because you stole or uh, whatever you did, right? You stole, you have to bring an offering, you know, the whole thing. And your offering counts for everybody's sin. Adam, it doesn't work that way. What well, does with Jesus? As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all that all have sinned. Now that's crystal clear. Some people call this original sin. I feel more comfortable calling it the sin nature. Did we get original sin from Adam? We, got our, we inherited our sin nature. You have to believe in sin nature. No, Adam, I believe all people are basically good. Please offer one... <laughs> One piece of the news tells us every day the news tells us that people aren't good. Okay? Uh, people I know who I think are good, they tell me, yeah, not so much. Not so much. Me, I know. Me, I know. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm offering myself as the epitome of perfection. I have arrived, and you should arrive also, like me. 
Um, one, I generally don't joke about that because one, it makes people like throw up in their mouth that holy now thing, which thing I drives me crazy. But also, it's it's not true. Um, death passed upon all men for all of sin. All of sin. You have to believe in, like I say, the sin nature. Did you 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 you, you, you walk into the room, right? And you got your uh, your three year old coveting cookie crumbs. You've got like chocolate chips and chocolate chip hanging out of his nose like some and, and he's cookie crumbs. Did you steal cookies? Oh, did you teach him how to do that? Did you teach your child how to lie? Two-year-olds are the most vulgar people. They're horrible people. and we're just, they're, But they're small so they can't hurt anybody so they're mostly cute. We, we let them stick around. They're crazy. They would kill people if they could. They go these hissy. Have you seen this? Who taught them how to do that? Who taught kids how to lie? Who taught kids how to steal? We don't. We don't teach our kids that, but they all have that in their nature. Now you say, "Well, my little uh, adorable little child, they never did it." Well, good for you. Bottle it and sell it. You'll be a billionaire. But. Most times when we're talking about that, we're just overlooking a selective memory. We kind of overlook that. I don't think it's a good thing to overlook it, by the way. But anyway, one man sinned into the world. What happened? Uh, they were designed to live forever. They did, by the way, the most innocuous thing that you could, don't eat the apple or fruit. Don't eat it. You'll die. Easier test could he set up? Here's a million trees, fruit everywhere. You got papaya, you got mango, you get cherries. As a matter of fact, whatever fruit is there, it's here and it's better on this tree, okay? Eat to your heart's content. Have a high time. Cherries like cherries. I got a blueberry bush over here. I got just God's in. Peaches, whatever you. I had a tempt with one of them, right? God said, anything you want. And I bet it was luscious. And I bet it was so good. And one tree. Don't eat that. Which tree is that now? You know, oh, that one over there? I don't think he had a sin nature at this point. I don't think he was like all like, I can't wait till God turns his back. I don't think it was like that at all. He was good. He was wise. I don't think his mind was cluttered. I don't think he had the brain fog that we have. Uh, but he was... Eve was tempted, and she was deceived. Say, Adam wasn't deceived. Don't brag about that. He went into sin with his eyes open. Uh, anyway, by, by one man, sin entered into the world. They were kicked out of the garden. Suddenly, mosquitoes started biting people. Suddenly, work, which had been a pleasure before, now it was by the sweat of your brow. Thorns and, and briars and weeds, right? Suddenly it was all different. Suddenly, I think there was a childbirth at that point. Imagine having a child like, oh, here, here he comes. Oh, hey, how you doing? You know, kind of just no sweat, little five minute enterprise there. Uh, women will tell you it's not like that. Now, it's the fall. You know, childbirth is going to be a big, big deal. Uh, a hard, a hard thing. Uh, everything's different now. Death. 
wow, boy, Adam, did you mess up. One man and sin passed on everybody. How does that work? Well, he's not federal head. See, I don't understand. He represented everybody. So it was me. I would have done better. I would have done different. Maybe. We'll never know. You understand federal head. We elect one. And his, what he says is for the whole nation. If he wants to be anti-Semitic and get put us, the whole country, under the curse of God, he does it. I, I can, I, here I can have slides and graphs and charts and show you how it's been done. And I can also show you how by one man, a federal head, who is pro-Israel, has blessed the country. God's, I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you, has not been repealed, as far as I know. And we, we, have, we have what's called federal head, whether we like it or whether we don't. Uh, and so that's what happened. Our federal head sinned. And until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed where there is no law. We talked about this last week. If there's no law, there's no, sin's not imputed. But nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Why to Moses, or the lawgiver? There wasn't any law, right? But death was still in operation. Why? Well, from Adam to Moses, people died. Right? Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over all them that had not sinned, uh, sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Who is the figure of him that was to come? Adam is the figure of him that was to come. Who? Jesus is what he's talking about. Adam is the first man. Jesus is the, the, the last Adam. First uh, Corinthians, other places. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead. Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah, exactly so. Much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. One man died, one man sinned, everyone died. One man made atonement, everyone gets to live. Will everybody live? Um, well, you take advantage of what? The payment. But one federal head, and everyone is under condemnation, sin, and death. The next federal head, he dies, and everyone has the opportunity for salvation. Everybody. And not, uh, verse 16, as it was by one that sinned, so was the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is many offenses unto justification. One sin was enough to wipe out anyone. Your, your sin's just one? <laughs> you got a whole pile of them, you're going to be honest. But the free gift of many offenses unto justification. What's justification? Just as if I hadn't sinned. Listen, if God had a, a, a list of my sins when Jesus died for them, when I came to faith, that's a, that, boy, that's a fearsome list. You know, the, the Pharisees that, that like, uh, they, they had this theology that uh, um, publicans couldn't, couldn't ever get saved 
because if we started in confessing their sins, they'd never have them all confessed before Judgment Day. <laughs> no, that's funny. I know. I know. But I, I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm feeling you. Yeah, I, I totally, I, I totally, yeah, I get, I get that. I get that. If it worked that way, I had a, you know, because oh, confession, I don't know if you've had the, the pleasure. So I was casting and you go into this little phone booth thing and you, uh, bless me, Father, Christ, and to the Almighty God, and it's been, you know, seven months since my last confession, use my sin. And they always know it was me because I was an altar boy. <laughs> oh, Adam, how's it going? Uh, not so good. <laughs> this is supposed to be like behind closed doors, you know what I mean? And, and I tell them all my sins and stuff, and uh, it was it was humiliating, it was very embarrassing. It's probably all right. I mean, I lived through it, you know. But it, but I had faith, in it. and I thought like, um, boy, I was squeaky clean. If God's gonna bust with my name on it, run me over right now, I'm I'm good. I'm finally, you know, I had that real sense of uh, because that's what I believed in. Uh, but by the time I get home, I might as well have turned around and gone back because. That's how sin works. That's how it's like. If you got, like I say, squeaky clean, did your confession, you're all good. How long it last until you sin again? And for me, that never takes so long, even today. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. We can break it all down, but all it's saying is there's a one one sin and one sin bearer. Death reigned, now life reigns. Damnation was the order of the day, now uh, justification. Our federal heads, they both were very effective in what they did. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Now you have that, the free gift came in italics. The offense of one, uh, again, judgment upon all men to condemnation. Therefore, as by the offense of one, upon all men, condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, upon all men, justification of life. When you take all the italics out, uh, one man, one man sin, condemnation. One man paid the penalty, justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And he keeps on comparing and comparing and stacking up the attributes of uh, uh, Father Adam with the attributes of Jesus Christ, and it comes out favorable in at least every situation. It isn't one for one. It's one man's sin, everyone's condemned. One man was obedient uh, uh, unto death, and life for everybody who will take advantage of it. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. What is that? This uh, sin entered that the offense might abound. Uh, law entered, I mean. Because the law, what it does, it makes us, it shows us that we're sinful. You were driving at 80 miles an hour. They didn't, there was no sign. They put up a, a sign, and now you're a lawbreaker. That's what the law does. 
That's what it always does. If, so uh, if we, you know, uh, scale back to whatever the speed limit is, great. But that doesn't mean we still have law breaking in every, you couldn't keep the law. And that's what the law tells us. It shows us our need for a savior. And it does a wonderful job at it. You know, I talk to people, like, oh, I'm a good person. We, we can start going through the list. Have you ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Oh my goodness, they'll say. Or have you ever lied? Well, yeah. And say, don't tell me no, because you'll be lying to me right now. And it's easy to prove that we haven't kept the law. It's an easy thing. Somebody really deluded would have to sit there and say, oh no, from my, my birth to right now, I've never broken any law ever. Who does that? Who says that? Nobody I talk with. We all get it. The law entered that the offense might abound, that we really realize that we're lawbreakers. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Listen to me. He loses salvation by sinning. Well, think about this. Where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Say it adamant, it doesn't work that way. Um, yes, it does. I'm here to tell you, yes, it does. Now, go out and send up a storm. Grace will be all over the place. Well, it will. It will. But I don't think that's a good idea. Why not? We like grace. <sighs> Still, choose to sin. Choose to suffer. I, there are things that I could do sinfully where I wouldn't have dissolved my marriage. Would God forgive me? He already paid the penalty for my sins, and I want my marriage to work. Thank you very much. Do I want to take advantage of God's grace in that situation? Yes, I want to take advantage of God's grace that makes me overcome temptation. Not that, like, I forgive you after I'm in jail, or my life has gone sideways, or my marriage is in the toilet. This, where, where sin abounds, is grace much more abound? Yes! Yes! That doesn't mean you don't live scarred from the sins that you've involved yourself with. Um, I, I, I've understood this about sin. I've partaken of sin. Thank you. No. Jesus died for my sins, so now I can set up a storm? Well, if that's your heart's desire, one, are you really saved? But two, it's gonna, it still has a death principle. The ways of sin is still death. Does that mean I die eternally? No, it means death of my marriage, death of my freedom when I go to jail, death of my health from drinking too much or from taking drugs or whatever it is. Whatever your sin thing is, death of uh, people trusting me because I've been discovered as a liar. Sin always has a death principle. I don't want sin. Will sin, will grace abound where sin does much more? Yes, yes, <laughs> praise God. He's, uh, he's more willing to forgive me than I am to be forgiven. So I'm just going to go out there and say, I would say don't. I would, I would warn you, don't. Again, choose to sin, choose to suffer. Will I sin myself out of his good favor? I was a rebel. I didn't even like him. I was in rebellion against him. I was his enemy. Here, Adam. Salvation. Eternal life. Adoption. Justification. Sanctification. I want, to take, I want to take particular care of that part of his grace. I want to use his grace to overcome sin in my life. He's an awesome guy. He's, he's, is, there, is there anything he's left undone? Is there anything he's left undone? Uh, listen, 
I love you. Flee from sin. I love you. Get, get rid of sin in your life. I, why? It, it, it's going to bite. At the end, it's going to just be, oh, my cute pet little sin I got here. And then it grows into this monster that I can't control that controls me. It works that way all the time. I love you. Flee sin. And then when, like, someone comes to me and says, hey, Adam, I, you know, I had a bad time. I'm all forgiving. I'm all, and somebody stabs me back, don't even think about it. I don't even worry about it. It's, it's under the blood. We ain't going to talk about this anymore. I am so forgiving. Why? Because I've been forgiven so much. I'm not a hard guy. I'm not saying come and confess your sins to me like I'm some sort of priest. I got the old collar on backwards, domino to disco, and away we go, say two Hail Marys. I'm not even that guy. I'm just saying, like, it's under the blood. It's under the blood. It's all under the blood. And where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. He breaks my heart when I sin with Israeli son. Is that the best choice? I've given you power over this. Take advantage of the power I've given you. Live, live life I've called you to live. But his grace. Uh, all right, Adam. I'll forgive you. This time. No, no, no. Satan would have you think he's that exacting. No. Again, more willing to forgive us than we ought to be forgiven. That a sin reigned unto death, and it did. Even so might grace reign through righteousness unto, resulting in eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. What does grace do? Well, it's eternal life. Uh, Adam, I don't deserve it. Well, that's the key. That's the whole point. That's what Paul's saying. You don't deserve it. It's... It's grace. Enjoy. Amen. Let's, uh, next time we uh, come together, it'll be January 6th. It's a really good time. Uh, January 1st, to get hold, uh, I mean, to get hold of uh, Romans 6. It's a really good time. New Year's resolution. Let's understand Romans 6 and let's live there. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's choice. It's choice time to, to learn that. Okay, so we'll, uh, our, uh, yeah, <laughs> I worship people coming to lead us out of here. Hey, thanks for being here. I know, it's, it's May, it's winter, I know. I hope this was a blessing to you just the same. I hope it was uh, worth the price of admission. Let's pray. I finally God, thank you for this wonderful word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for shedding abroad your love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given unto us. Thank you for all the many blessings of being yours in Christ. Thank you, but we don't want to take advantage of it, but we will at some point. We know we're going to sin in the future. Thank you that with sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Lord, I, every one of these verses is a jumping off point for praising you for being so good to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this chapter. Now, may we incorporate it in our lives. May we live in such a way. But we don't want to sin. Help us to overcome sin. Now, may God bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.